Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. I'm a designer, principal, and brand strategist at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Today on Obsessed with Design, I catch up with Josh Kenyon and Colby Nichols, who make up Jolby and Friends in Portland, Oregon. Jolby is known for their awesome and beautiful illustration style, and today we get to hear more about their studio and other services that they're growing into, and a lot of life lessons that have helped them create the culture that they have today at Jolby, which is very collaborative. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jolby and friends. Okay, guys, welcome Josh Kenyon and Colby Nichols, the dynamic duo namesakes of Jolby and Friends. Josh and Colby, thanks for being on Obsessed with Design. Yeah, thank you. We're really stoked. Yeah, great to be here. So I had the pleasure of meeting you guys back in Indianapolis and I don't know, was it last year or 2014? I think it was 2014. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So I didn't totally make that up. Um, and, you t- and you took us to eat that the, sh- the shrimp cocktail with the that insane cocktail sauce. With the oh, horse- man. Yeah. If you have never been to Indianapolis, you have to go to St. Elmo's and you have to get the shrimp cocktail. It'll melt was, your face off. That was absolutely incredible. I, I dream about that. <laughs> it was so good. What's funny is what I remember from that is that you told us, Josh, that that – bar was in a scene in parks and rec or something like that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They told that's, the episodes that's so. what i remember from that time. <laughs> i remember, you remember the, food. the nose searing yeah <laughs> taste of that yeah. sauce that's a pretty perfect introduction to the two of them. yeah <laughs> i don't think we need to do this yeah, podcast you basically got us <laughs> there it is it's summed up right there <laughs> So one of the things that I remember about your talk was how much you guys focused on collaboration and kind of the the way you guys work within the studio and uh, who knows what all we're going to tease out out of the talk from uh, two years ago, but I'm excited to have the chance to catch up with you guys again. Awesome. Yeah, us too. I'm guessing you have two different stories, but on this show, we always love to hear people's origin stories. So if, if each of you wouldn't mind uh, indulging me, tell me a little bit about how you got it into design professionally. Sounds good. This is Josh. I always wanted to be an animator since I was seven years old. So I always drew and um, it was my goal to work for Disney. I grew up in uh, the same town that uh, CalArts is in where Disney used to get a lot of their animators from uh, and artists. And so it was kind of like the Willy Wonka of, of getting into animation. And, um, I just always, that's what I wanted. And then when I went to school for animation, I was like, this is definitely not who I am. <laughs> and, uh, I, my roommate at the time was in graphic design and I saw what he was doing and I had I had no idea really what graphic design was and saw what he was doing. I was really excited and made the switch and haven't looked back at changed my life and um super stoked about it nice and i i've been drawing ever since i was really little i used to copy uh little illustrations from nintendo power magazine mm. uh, like of like zelda and blink and super mario bros and all that and then i would draw my friends and i was just always drawing and in high school 
um, I had a couple of teachers that really encouraged me to pursue art and take more classes. And so I began to take some animation classes. Um, I think that support really taught me that this is a viable career. You know, someone kind of shook me and said like, Hey, you have a drop of talent, like go do this thing. Uh, and so I like Josh, I wanted to be an animator. And when I went to the art Institute of California, San Diego, I realized oh, I can just draw something once and there's this really cool stuff called topography I can frame around it. Uh, and I just fell in love with design and um, I've been sort of battling between being an illustrator and a designer ever since. So how did Jolby get assembled? Um, how did you guys meet and how did you decide to do this together? Were you doing other jobs before Jolby and Friends or is this a more recent thing? So we met, we went to the same school in San Diego and we met in uh, a portfolio class, Colby's final class in school. And we liked uh, each other's stuff and we just were like, we should do something together at some point. And after I graduated, we, uh, we thought it'd be fun to do some t-shirts together. And then it turned into a full blown apparel company and we had investors and we were uh, getting our shirts sold around the world and it was crazy and insane and we had no idea what and at that point we weren't really <laughs> we weren't really jolby in the sense of what it is now it was just we, we really loved each other's work and we were kind of learning how to work with another person and we loved the idea of two hands working on one thing so i, I think that's kind of where it started and then from there um Oh, sorry. Well, that, that's where the name came from. It oh, came yeah. from that clothing company. A guy we were working with just typed in an email and then it was Joel. We were Jolby from then on. Yeah, we just liked the idea. <laughs> it, it kind of defined what we were doing um, in a weird way with that apparel company where we really didn't want ownership of the artwork that we were making and which was so different than anything that either of us had done before. Like, I, I truly didn't care if my name was attached to the piece, it was the, the apparel company's piece of art at that point. So uh, it kind of worked with that. Uh, so after that uh, little foray into apparel, um, we we both went our separate ways and were, we were art directors at uh, design studios. I was living in Chicago and Colby was in San Diego, but we were still doing some stuff on the side at night and then we started doing art shows together uh, as Jolby. Hmm. And then we worked at the same agency together. He moved to Portland. I moved to Portland. Both got laid off from that company. And instead of going to work for someone else, we just wanted to see if there was a way that the two of us could do some of those fun projects that we were doing at night, but do it during the day as, as, a, as a job. And working... At the agency day jobs, we had been waiting for some invisible perfect moment to come along where there would be this huge role of clients and, you know, all this money just waiting for us. And I mean, <laughs> reality kind of hit us like, hey, if we really want to do this, if we really want to start a studio together, um, we just need to bootstrap it. And so we stood up from that layoff meeting and said, well, we're going to go do our thing. Um, and we've just been hustling ever since. Nice. I always talk about if I get hit by this truck full of money, 
then we'll do this and this and this. And <laughs> I, I have yet to see this uh, fabled truck, but I, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind for it to hit. Right. There. Yeah, it's, it's funny to think about the conversations we would have like, oh my gosh, well, Joby will be amazing. Just so many people will want to work for us. And it was just such like stupid thinking. <laughs> well, it's like a, it's a good, like I, we are both very proud of our studio currently and how hard we've worked to, to get it to where it is today and, and where we want it to go. And all that came with a lot of blood, sweat and tears. So I think even if we had been hit by a truck full of money, I probably would have tried to go back in time and prevent it back because I think it's made us into the business owners we are today. Yeah. Nice. Well, tell us a little bit for, especially for those of us who are not familiar, tell us a little bit about what Jolby is, is today, what your current size is, what your team looks like, and just uh, help us understand a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah. So Josh and I are the studio's creative directors and we take care of all of the primary business functions, um, you know, admin running the business, that kind of thing. Uh, we have a biz dev and production manager, uh, project manager, senior designer, another designer, an intern. So about seven people. We're pretty, pretty small crew, but we're so insanely collaborative and we talk probably as much as we actually do the work, we talk about the work. And so we can fill a lot of each other's gaps and uh, it makes us just incredibly efficient. And um, what our studio does, we, when Colby and I started, we were, like I said, an, an illustration team that worked for agencies doing um, branding, web design, all, all sorts of things. And so when we started Jolby, we didn't just want to do illustration. We really wanted to make a multidisciplinary team um, at the time. And now it's turned into a studio and, and everyone that's a part of our team has added so much. Um, so we do everything from branding a small coffee shop to a TV show logo to doing uh, event design and production, uh, packaging, full web design and development. Um, our, our studio focuses more on how can we solve the problem of whatever our client has. And if we have to learn new techniques and new disciplines, we're down to do it. We're, we're just kind of excited about creating. And in the last, the last two years, we've added so many disciplines to what our studio can do. Like Colby and I have always been into animation, but until one of our designers really got into it and wanted to kind of pursue it. Uh, we never really did it. And now our studio does animation, which is rad. It's awesome that there's like a lot of the things that our studio does. It comes from the people that we've added instead of it just coming from Colby and myself. Yeah. I think, um, maybe the fans of yours on the internet, if you will, I think would know you guys primarily for just really beautiful illustration work. And, and it's cool to see some of that motion being incorporated into stuff that you guys post. And, and it, it's also exciting to hear about the the areas that you've grown into kind of doing a more, more broad uh, set of services involving events and, and those kind of things as well. So cool for all the expansion. Yeah, it's super fun. It's the, you know, we're, we're very grateful and, and stoked when, we get to do illustration work and people come to us and they're like, we love your stuff. Just make something or we get, you know, very restrictive guidelines of what kind of illustrations to do. But um, 
I think we're, we're even more excited about some of the events and packaging and, and branding projects that we get to work on now because it just flexes a different kind of brain and, and muscle that we're, we think our team is really good at. So that's, yeah. So for you guys as kind of the, you know, the chief admin people and also the creative directors, what do your days look like? Are you spending much time designing yourselves or are you, you know, are you still in the files every day or are you kind of doing higher level things? So Colby still uh, does a lot more uh, of the designing, um, creative directing, um, kind of in the trenches with the other designers. Uh, and then he'll do admin. We'll, we'll do, we do, you know, higher level business thinking together. And then Colby handles a lot of the, the more HR stuff right now. And then for me, I do more business development and then higher level thinking creative direction stuff for the studio. So I moved away from designing like a, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. But you still get to be like that. So, I want to do that. Yeah. Like when there's some projects, that, <laughs> when there's some projects that come in that were, you know, that we know that something that I'm super stoked on or Colby super stoked on or really anyone, like if there's certain, like we just got a project that we're starting on that we had, we delayed three weeks so that one of our designers could work on it because we knew he would just be thrilled to work on it. So um, we're, we look at projects that way too. So I still sometimes get to design, but not as much. I'm way more in the, more in pages and numbers than I am in the, any other program. And Josh does a lot of the new business for the studio too. So he's a lot more, you know, outward facing where, yeah, yeah. I'm more in the trenches. So I, I collaborate in a different way with my business development uh, manager where we try to figure out new things for the studio and, and new clients and stuff. So it's just, it's just different, different brain, which was, you know, it's hard at first. Cause we didn't know, like, even when we got our, our very first employee, like Colby and I never thought we would have any employees at all. So all of this has been such a learning curve. It's, it definitely throws your brain for uh, a loop when you have to do something so different, like we're creatives. We were illustrators and designers and that's it. And then we were thrown into having to run a business and then we were thrown into having employees and then setting up a culture for our team and finding a space and buying AC. Like all those things are so new to us. It kind of just like it messes with you sometimes. So yeah, the actual days for both of us are wildly different. I would say week to week, some times, there's some weeks where we don't even get the chance to really chat during the day anymore. It's more like we'll do a catch-up call at night. Hey, how did this go? How was that? Because we spend more of the time managing either the creative or the projects coming in and out or the employees themselves, um, which is a definite uh, paradigm shift for us because when we started, we were everything. We were the janitors to the project managers, but now that we have a team that we work with so closely, we still feel like we get to be a part of it and help enable others to create, you know, great work for the studio. And in some respects, it's, uh, it's more empowering than doing the work itself. Yeah. I think so many of us, especially the founders who, you know, there are very few of us who started with more than one or two people. So it's like, as soon as you start to scale to that third person, it's not like, Hey, I got this. You got that. Yeah. 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 Then the third person you're like, Hey, 
what are you doing? <laughs> and then you get to <laughs> four or five and you're like, ah, I can't keep track of all this stuff. It's, it's amazing that we ever, you know, learn to learn to scale these kinds of businesses where we, you know, we're the ones doing the creative work and then you're trying to bring more people. And I guess where I'm going with this is I'm sure there's plenty of clients who come to you guys or prospective clients and say, we love your work or we love your, this piece. And, and we want more of that, which equals that was Colby's work or that was Josh's work or, you know, and then you've got new designers and you're trying to like figure out how to scale that, that look or that same impact. And how do you guys handle that kind of thing? I mean, that just goes back to our team. And if, if something like that comes in, which it, it has before, someone will say, I really like this, um, owl that you guys drew. Can you draw me 10,000 of them for whatever the project is? Uh, and the illustrators that we have, the designers slash illustrators, will either try to sort of mimic the style and then put their own flavor on it, or yeah, the, that one particular person who drew it will be assigned to it if we know mm-hmm. the client's going to be really picky. But we're also not really married to any of it. So if a client says, I really, really want this thing, it's like, well, what if we pushed it and it could evolve a little bit and we could do it in this style instead. And, you know, we like working with clients that can turn a brief into a conversation and things can, can change and evolve and and be pushed. Um, That's a great point. I mean, to, to go back a little bit though, when it was just Josh and I, and we had our first designer illustrator hire, it was like, how are we going to do this? Like I draw away, he draws away, Josh draws a certain way, but the way that they push us and the way that we push them back as far as creative growth has just been incredible and it's benefited, I think, everyone in the studio. So what are some of your favorite things to work on right now? You, go for it. Me? Working on me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we are doing a website build out for a cannabis company in uh, Vancouver, Washington called um, Greenhead Cannabis. And I think why that excites me so much is, you know, there's a, there's a big shift happening in our, in our country right now with um, legalizing marijuana and it being used for medical uses, which I have members of my family that use it medically uh, and sort of getting it away from the stigma of, um, you know, Bob Marley posters and giant bongs and <laughs> right. like, this is medicine. This is a product. This is recreational. And our client is, is very well tuned to that. And she just has a great eye for design and, and there's a lot of trust there and we're making a lot of really cool products for her and uh, a lot of changes to her brand and her website. And, um, yeah, that's got me very excited. I'd say for, for me, we just finished, uh, Remo drum heads, hmm, yeah. which is the, like the world's largest drum head manufacturer. And I grew up playing drums. Um, so it was probably one of the closest projects to my heart, like being able to work on that. I mean, it was something that uh, the first drum head I ever used was a Remo drum head all the way till the, the heads that are on my set now are, are Remo. So that, that was pretty, that was pretty incredible. It was, it, it always, we've had a couple of projects where they go back to when we were kids or when we were teenagers that were so much a part of our lives as a brand that we loved that now we get to actually work on them. It's just kind of crazy. We get, we've gotten to do that with Disney 
Um, we got to do that with Epitaph Records. We redesigned their website. Most of the bands that I listened to when I was a teenager and even now are on Epitaph Records. And so to sit down and have conversations with the, the founder of that company and he was the guitar player from Bad Religion, it's just, it's just insane. And it just makes you just really appreciate being able to do this for a job that we get to work with people that we admire and companies we admire. So those are, those are projects that really get me excited to still be a designer and to be in this field is being able to attach ourselves to things that we use every day or um, something from our past. Yeah. It's cool that clients and companies pay us to do design and how much more cool is it when you get to work with, with clients like that? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you guys were telling me a little bit before we jumped on here about your recent project with Teva Sandals. So tell me a little bit about how that came to be and how that, that grew into, into more. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they came to us two, well, yeah, like two years ago, uh, to do, to be part of their artist series, which is they work with different artists, um, to make a sandal strap. And so myself and our senior designer and illustrator, Brett Stenson, um, worked on the, the sandal strap and we sent it off two years ago. And, you know, what myself and Steven, uh, our business development manager, what we try to do is, you know, we, we may do something small like an illustration and then it could turn into, we want it to turn into something else. Like what else can we do with the company? How can we, and not just from like, let's get as much business and, and money as possible. It's like, we know that we can offer so much more to some companies and Teva was one of those companies. So for the last you know year and a half, we've been trying to figure out ways to work with them and, um, they gave us the opportunity to do a launch party, the social media campaign, and some video work for the artist series um, that we were a part of, along with two other artists for this 2016 uh, season. Uh, so why I think that was such a special project was because it started, it started small. It started with something that they knew us for and they came to us and we proved that we could do more and it, they took a risk on us and it, and it paid off. Um, and now our relationship with them is even stronger. So I just get really excited about those kind of projects because our team gets to, to try new things and it, they have ideas in their head and um, get to, to prove it out. Sometimes it seems or may seem counterintuitive, but, but we've seen similar things with other big companies where, you know, kind of the bigger the company, the more likely it is to start out with a small thing and just kind of prove your value and, you know, prove out the relationship a little bit. And that's where we've seen opportunities to get in to do more work after that, that one little thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, that's such a, I think initially when Colby and I started, we were like, okay, how do we become like AOR of all these companies <laughs> right. hold Coca-Cola so I can do all of their graphics. And it's like that, that I, that doesn't happen most of the time if ever. And so it's like, how do you just start the conversation? And it may not even, what we're finding is it may not even be work. It may be um, a, a talk or doing some kind of event with the, the company that then it can turn into something else. Um, we, we've been working with the nature conservancy here in Oregon mm -hmm. and 
they, it started small. It started with doing something that they felt very comfortable with. And now we, we do everything for them as far as the, their design goes. And we hosted an event with them, things that we wouldn't necessarily thought that we would have done, but we believe in the same things for our state and wanted to, to chat about it. And it was really cool. And it was just, it, it was fun because it was about a conversation at that point, instead of trying to get all of their work all at once. Nice. Well, obviously, uh, one of the themes of this show is obsession and, uh, I'm curious for each of you, maybe it's a different thing, but what do you think you're most obsessed with right now? You can go first. I'm currently obsessed with meditation. I've been doing it for the past year. And what I've realized as a business owner and a designer and a husband and a human that just wants a a clear brain sometimes, (laughs) that you have to actively pursue that and do something very consciously uh, to get that. Um, So I've been doing mindfulness meditation and it's, it's just done wonders for my brain and my stress levels. And yeah, I'm just sort of getting deeper and deeper into that. Very nice. How about you, Josh? I am obsessed with food. I have a- thus the shrimp conversation at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's just right on the tip of my tongue. Um, <laughs> it might be a Josh thing actually. Yes. Oh, I- uh, <laughs> um, it's something that. I, I really enjoy eating. I love the conversation and uh, coming together with people over food. I love seeking out new restaurants and experiencing in just weird flavor combos and that, that part of food. But then I think what I'm the most obsessed with food right now is looking at what, what and how chefs think and how they uh, approach cuisine and then how does that relate back to design? How does plating something and, and how they can combine 40 ingredients and it's just one little tiny green puddle on a plate and it says something uh, about a, a cuisine or a region that they're trying to do and how does that how can you take that and, and pull that into what you do with branding or, or a page layout so I'm pretty obsessed with that right now I don't really know where to take it or what to do with it. But that's pretty much all I think about um, right now. We guys do a fair amount of work in the food and bev space as well, right? So do you have a chance to uh, apply some of those obsessions on the client level? Yeah, I think that what's interesting about Jolby is uh, most of the work that we do, I would say, goes into what our studio is uh, obsessed with or enjoys doing. Colby and I's business model, when we started, we said to each other, if we do this, we want to work on projects that we love and for clients and products that we love. So we go after clients that our studio wants to work with and we um, look for things and pursue very hard different kinds of industries that everyone really wants to, to be working on. So it, you know, I think that the fact that we get to practice being designers with the products that we love, it just, the, the work always ends up just super incredible and it makes coming to work and, and working super hard. Uh, it, it just worth it. 
Yeah, we've noticed when our, our crew gets to work on something that they really understand and, and believe in, they just create endlessly versus something that maybe they hit a wall with or they struggle with or they, they don't believe in. It's, it's very black and white. But yeah, we're, we're obsessed with, with beer and coffee and yeah, like Josh said, good food. And we've been very fortunate to work with um, a lot of great companies in, in that field. Well, I'd, for me, uh, food is definitely up there too. So uh, I'm kind of jealous of the myriad of, of awesome restaurants you guys have in Portland. And I think Urban Farmer and Clyde Common are two of the ones that I had last time I was there. Some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the city has, I mean, we've been here for almost, I've been here for almost seven years. And I've been to, I keep a list. I've been to 457 <laughs> different restaurants. And nice. I can't even keep up. There's so many that are opening that are uh, just amazing. And it's, it's really interesting. It's, a, it's, it's crazy to see how much the city has grown uh, from a food perspective. I think the last time I heard a number check-in on that, it was like 300. <laughs> no. So that's crazy. It hasn't grown that much. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Grown. No. Feels like. That was and three I, months but, ago. <laughs> and all I do is I just follow him around and he says, eat this, and I'm happy. <laughs> it's perfect. It's good. The best is when I could trick him into eating something interesting, like a whatever, like a chicken heart or something, which is not something that Colby would normally eat. And then he's like, this is delicious. And I'm like, cool, you just ate a heart. <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'm a purveyor of chicken heart. <laughs> well, outside of the, we could spend the rest of the call just talking about food, but um, <laughs> let's do it. No, outside of food, you guys have actually worked with some pretty amazing clients as well between, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Disney, but Target, Google, Nike. I mean, Holy crap, guys! Where where do you think your your best clients come from, or how do you get the opportunities to work with with these big guys? Well, kind of like what Josh said from the beginning, we said let's pick clients we want to work with and actively pursue them. So I would say the majority of the work that we get it comes from us, like actively pursuing a company like Disney and figuring out who we know there and how we can get a meeting and you know that sort of typical story, but we're pretty relentless, especially when we're passionate about something someone else is doing. And yeah. Like sometimes, yeah. I mean, we worked with, we really wanted a, a coffee company and both Colby and I grew up in California and coffee bean and tea leaf was a huge, I mean, that's what we knew of when we were kids as, as like the coffee brand that in Starbucks. And I pursued coffee bean for two years before we started working with them just nonstop well, not nonstop, but like every like three months, I would email them something, the, the creative director, something that we had made or just trying to get a conversation going. Um, and then once the conversation got going, then we got a lot of work or yeah, Disney was just many meetings and trying different ways of getting in there. And then we met the right person that wanted to work with us and we've been working them a lot. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to that truck full of money scenario. <laughs> These. We, we will never have these dream clients fall into our lap. We have to chase them. And there's something fun about that chase and, and trying to start that conversation and then being fortunate enough to, to get in and be talking to the right person. And then we have a laundry list of clients uh, that it hasn't worked on, that we've gotten no's or, you know, mm -hmm. they've just not, not replied. So it's we don't really – we don't get everything we go after, but it's definitely – 
fueled by our passion for whatever it is that they're doing. So what about the ones that come to you guys? I'm sure there are, you know, there are good clients and bad clients who are looking to hire you guys. So what are, what are maybe some of the red flags that you look for? What are the things that stand out to you that you try to try to avoid or would guess that it's a bad fit from the start? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we try to, I think just because it may be something weird or different, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have like validity for coming to us to talk to us. I think the one that I always uh, think about is a, uh, what is it called? Like a morgue? No, not a morgue. Oh, the, um, the funeral home. Oh yeah. The funeral home. A funeral <laughs> home came to us and wanted uh, us to work with them and to, to rebrand them um, and to do some marketing work. And I was like, why on earth would a funeral home want to work with us? Like that just seems crazier. And our studio was like, the, our employees were like, why would we do this? And so I asked the, the funeral home, I was like, well, why did you guys come to us? Like, what about Jolby and friends, you know, attracted you? And they were like, well, we don't want to be looked at as the place where people go that, that, that's very sad and it's just about death. Like there's something about the, uh, the celebration of life and, and thinking about the afterlife differently. And we love your guys' approach to your work. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, that's amazing. Like that's, you know, we didn't even see it that way, but the fact that they did was, was awesome. And so it's like, you never know what you can get out of these, the, the different kinds of companies that are out there. So we are so open to just not anything and everything, but kind of like, I want to talk to everyone. I want to hear your story and, and see if it's something we're very upfront and honest with what we can and can't do. So like that company, for instance, after we had many conversations, it turned into that they needed a marketing uh, studio to help them. And we're not a marketing mm-hmm. studio. They needed someone that was going to help them with very specific things. And so I was upfront and this isn't for us. So a lot of, I think the, the red flag stuff, if you will, will come from just making sure that, our capabilities and what we can offer that we're going to offer the best for that thing. And if we can figure out how to make it work, we're going to, we're going to work with them and and do that. Cool. There's of course other like things like budgets and, and that timelines, but we can also, we're, we're pretty flexible with stuff too. We're uh, a studio that is very fast um, very efficient. So sometimes things that may, um, seem crazy, we can, we can pull it off. Do you have a timeline? Do you have a truck full of money? Do you want to do really cool things? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's basically, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's a very short checklist. Yeah. (laughs) I think the best clients that we've worked with have, so like I was saying earlier, they've turned a brief into a conversation and they can, they, they sort of know the fluidity of the creative process and, you know, can really work with you on a, on a project and be led by you and know that their input can evolve the work and that it's sort of a two-way street. And that's definitely been our, our, our best project outcomes is when the client feels like, they were basically sitting next to us the entire time instead of us just being hired guns, passing off a PDF and then 
disappearing into the ether. Cool. I dig it. What would you guys say are your proudest moments uh, as designers? Well, going, uh, I was thinking about this, going back to that coffee bean thing. So coffee bean is a Southern California and international um, chain of coffee. And I've been going there since I was a kid with my family. And when we finally got the opportunity to do some design and illustration work for them, um, you know, this was maybe f- uh, four, four years ago, five years, five ago, years ago, maybe. Um, we did some gift cards and some packaging and some murals. And we were beyond thrilled and we got to you know, go to LA and watch them put up these murals and all that. Um, but I think my proudest moment was when I could walk my mom into the coffee bean next to her house and seeing the expression on her face of like, uh, oh, this is my son's work. And she wanted to tell everybody in the cafe, which I talked her out of, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but that for me was really, really special. And I think I'll always have that in my heart. It's like, I, I don't, it doesn't matter if you don't get enough comments on Instagram or, or likes or retweets. It's like those moments with someone else interacting with what you've done and, and then reacting to it is um, I'm just really proud of that. Yeah. Really affected by it. Uh, I think mine, I think I have two, I think Epitaph Records was, will go down as one of my favorite and most proudest moments of, uh, of having Joel being friends and being able to work on it. It just it was an incredible experience that we got to be a part of. I think the second one would be, um, my, mother passed away from cancer uh, seven years ago and Colby and I got the opportunity to do a t-shirt with the American Cancer Society and that just held something really uh, dear to my heart and I'll just kind of always remember that that moment that it was something that uh, it was doing to help a cause that directly affected me so we were in Minneapolis driving to design camp oh, yeah. and we were, we were in the middle of, yeah, I'm not really sure where, but we were at a gas station and we, there's a little girl wearing our shirt that we designed for. Mm, that's awesome. And yeah, that, that was definitely a, a game changer. It's one thing to have that, you know, that printed sample in a drawer somewhere, but, but, uh, especially when it's something connected to a cause like that or something that's helping people and then to see it out in the wild in a place that you don't expect that's that makes it very real yeah definitely what about dream projects are there i mean you guys have worked for some pretty awesome companies but but what are some of the dream projects that that you haven't had a chance to do yet that you'd, you'd love to do in the future and we would love I, i'm i think i'm speaking for Colby. i think we would love to work with pixar in some way, I don't know what or, or how. I mean, it, it was like, if you told me that we were going to be doing the stuff that we do with Disney like a year ago, or even like, hey, as a graphic designer, you can have the opportunity to work with Disney and not do an animation. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have known what that even meant or is. So I don't know. I think that working with Pixar, I think, is still up on my like top tier bucket list. Um, yeah, we worship them. And actually their corporate structure too has definitely inspired ours. Um, you know, taking care of our employees and collaborative environment and all that. Yeah. Um, 
I would say for me, I would love for us to work on a video game, even if it's something small or, you know, something for a console, but a couple of us here are big gamers and uh, I think our brains would just be really good for it. It's just, I haven't really found the opportunity yet. I think the last one for me, if we got to work with the Chicago Blackhawks, I think my mind would explode. (laughs) I'm a huge Blackhawk fan. If there's anyone that's listening that works for the Chicago Blackhawks, hire us. Yeah, I think Josh would die immediately. Yeah. Okay, listeners, you have you have two pieces of homework: Pixar and Blackhawks. Go do it. <laughs> Maybe Pixar wants to start a hockey team. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say this is definitely true for me. But but I I know many designers who kind of consider themselves either blessed or ruined that everything they look at they look through the lens. Uh, the eyes of a designer. So what are some of the things that you guys look at in the world around you that just drive you crazy? I think when people, when companies use papyrus <laughs> you know, in, in a way that doesn't make sense, it's always just like, which is most just, ways. Yeah. That just, just kills you. Keeps yeah. You right. Just like, just take like an, an hour more and just, just, I don't know. It just drives me bonkers. I heard the pun comic sins the other day. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think the thing that gets me are trends in, in design and that it, it, it doesn't seem like there's thought behind why you're doing it. You're just doing it because it's a, we, we see it a lot on Instagram or, yeah. or Pinterest or something. And that's a weird thing. Like you look back, like trends have always been around trends there's no escaping that i'm not saying that trends are bad i'm saying how people are using things it just doesn't seem like that it's thought out i don't know i I think we see them and go well can we take like a little piece of that and use that or um, or do your interpretation of that of that trend so yeah i don't know and i would say what kind of on the other side of that that drives me crazy is um i forget it was from a quote that I read from a really well-known designer basically saying something like, um, you know, when you design or create or write or illustrate, you're doing it permanently forever. You're creating a thing that should live forever and you should look at that again in 20 years and think through the decisions and be proud of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so our, our current design climate right now is, how many likes did that get? How many shares did that get? Oh, this got less likes than this. Well, clearly I, my studio can't be doing that work anymore, uh, which we, we don't follow those practices, but I feel like, I feel like a lot of people do. And it's really, really easy to get caught in that rat race. And I'm, I can be guilty of it too. You know, letting that drive some of our, at least decisions of what we share on social media. But yeah, I think people forget that, all these old trademark books and, you know, these gems from Sal Bass. Like, I don't think that guy was thinking, I just want to impress my friends. I think, he <laughs> wanted, I think he wanted to leave a legacy and really leave something that was permanent uh, for us, for the design culture, for the art culture. So I think, yeah, just having a better lens on that. Well, maybe as a segue to that, speaking of trends and Sal Bass, where do you guys go for inspiration? Like what, what uh, drives new ideas for you? For me, I think 
before moving to Oregon, it was really hard. Like, I feel like I would default to the internet where now I look to Oregon and what's around me and find probably the most inspiration from in the forest. Uh, and I'm thankful that my brain can see things very abstractly. And I get a lot of inspiration just from, uh, I sound like a hippie, just staring at it, <laughs> just staring at a tree or some moss or something. And I can see a lot of different things. Um, so, uh, that's where I go. I, and I have for the last like seven years is, um, being in Oregon definitely like changed my life and, and my lens for being inspired for design and illustration. Um, for me, I think it's, it's the people in our city and especially in our studio. Like I feel like I can pick up on their drive and their vibes and how hard they're working on a certain day or, you know, what they're doing after hours and watching that is, is really inspirational for me and it keeps me going, keeps me working extra hours and, and trying harder. Um, but we're, we're pretty fortunate to be in an amazing creative bubble here in Portland with just, incredible talent that produces great work uh that's you're just you see it and you're like oh geez okay well now we we've got a bar game which i i think is very positive and can be very beneficial if you're looking at it that way you know there's not a at least we don't see the competitive aspect of that here it's more like what have you been doing oh you did that oh shit i would love to do Hmm. that and just helping each other uh up the game So from a standpoint of either as you were kind of learning design in school or maybe your contemporaries today, do you guys have any design heroes? Yeah, a big inspiration for us both when we were starting uh, to do work as Jolby was um, Don and Ryan Clark of Invisible Creature. And we've we've watched Mm -hmm. them, um, you know, start off and... They did Asterix Studios, and then they did their own studio, and they're just the nicest dudes. We've gotten to meet them a couple of times, but the work they produce and and kind of what they stand for has always been just a really big inspiration for us. And then uh, Jeff Federidge and Sal Bass, Charlie Harper, Sana Nuka, those are our big ones that I think we always look at their their lens on design and illustration and they they've created a point of view that I, I think interests us in honing in ours and um, seeing things in a different way. I think that's the, the people that we really, as, as, you know, aspire to kind of find uh, a, the same kind of vision that they, they had are the people that just have a different perspective on, on designer illustration. I, I would say one of my heroes too, just like as a human being on earth and as a designer here too, would be Aaron Draplin who's here in Portland. Mm-hmm. He's just lovable, hilarious, hardworking. Every time I talk with him or see him, like you always walk away with a quote. He's just like the ideal human. He's awesome. Awesome. Good list all around, including Mr. Draplin, of course. We need to get him on the show in the future. Yeah, definitely. So what would you guys say is either the best piece of advice you received as young designers or maybe uh, your favorite piece of advice to share with your team? Something that someone told us 
we, you know, we took a bunch of meetings or we, um, coerced a bunch of people into taking meetings with us when we were starting off as Jolby as a studio. And one thing someone told us, I'll never forget, because we were like, you know, we were reading books and, and reading all these articles and, you know, what's the best plan and strategy. And of course that stuff is all great and it's all been very helpful. But he said, you know, nobody knows what they're doing and just everyone is doing the best they can with what they've got. Mm-hmm. And it took this huge burden off of at least my shoulders of like, it's okay to fail. You're going to try things that don't work just like the guy next to you did. Like no company is perfect. Every company has their, their struggles. Um, and I think it really just sort of opened a door in my brain where I was able to finally just uh, step out and, and start taking risks more actively and led to the growth of our company. Um, I think for me, I don't, I, I, I talked to, I used to teach, um, illustration classes at Portland state and I would talk to my students about what hard work means. And, um, I think I, I take a lot of, my dad was, is a general contractor. He's one of the hardest working dudes I've ever seen in my life. And he has an approach on work that has um, that I've taken, and I I had the opportunity to go to college, and I was very gracious and um, that my parents were able to help with that, and I didn't take it for granted at all. Um, I worked incredibly hard while I was in school, and it just c- continued when I got into the field, and we're very lucky to be doing. Um, what we get to do every day, there's a lot of jobs that aren't so fun and there's people that don't get to have the opportunity to even work. So I just, I think not taking this for granted, if you have a talent, use it, do good, work on great projects, be stoked that you have the opportunity to do this every single day because it can change or you cannot have it at all. So the people that waste it or, or, or don't use it. Um, I just, I don't know, bothers me. (laughs) It's so simple, but it's great advice. So what do you guys think Jolby is going to be like 10 years from now? I'll, I'll pull the veil back a little bit. Uh, you sent over a couple of questions for us to think about, and this one stumped me. And so I asked my wife, uh, I was like, what? what, honey, what were we doing 10 years ago? And she's like, well, you were working really hard and so was I. And then we'd come home and play video games. And I was like, well, that's what we still do today. And she was like, yeah, well, then I think you have your answer. (laughs) So I know that at least personally, I'll be working gaming. But I think Josh might be Let's see. Well, I just had a baby four months ago, so I would imagine. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So I imagine 10 years from now, I will have a 10-year-old. And just like it is right now, I'm sure in the future it will be just as insane and a big question mark. So that part of my life will be, uh, I have I have no idea. Um, but with design, I think, and, and Jolby and friends, one thing that happened a couple of years ago, Colby and I got to a, a rough spot where we didn't know we there, 
there's so, you know, this as a business owner, um, it's very hard. This is a very hard mm-hmm. thing to own a small studio, to have a lot of mouths to feed. And um, it just got to us and we didn't really know why we were doing it. And what was the point of Jolby? What it had it turned into? And where could we, where did we want to take Jolby? And it's always, it hasn't ever been about like how many employees that we were going to have, that that was going to change it or the type of work that we were going to do. It kind of always boiled down to um, some key things that make Jolby who it is, uh, which is to collaborate, to tell a great and memorable story and uh, to, to be able to do it with the people that we admire and care for. So if we can figure out how to take those and do that for anything, then we're, we're stoked. So if Jolby and friends turns into a cheese and pickle factory in 10 years, <laughs> we're going to figure out how to collaborate and tell a great story with it. And I think once we figured that out, that it was, it kind of opened our eyes to just enjoying the ride and we'll see what happens. I have no idea where Jolie and friends will be 10 years from now, because if we were to have this same conversation five years ago, when we were starting out, I would have said, well, Colby and I will still be doing everything and we'll have a couple of clients and we'll be able to do what we love. So we just embrace it. And whatever happens, happens. Riding that weird. Yep. Well, I'd like to be first in line to to try your cheese and pickles when you get around to that. <laughs> It'd probably yes. be delicious. We have an announcement. <laughs> We're changing our business model. Josh is going to tell Colby, eat this. And he'll yep. say, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it's been a blast catching up with you. Um, before I let you go, tell our listeners uh, where to find you guys online if they're not already following you and you know where to connect with you each individually. Yeah, you can find us on at jolbeanfriends.com and on Instagram at jolbeanfriends and Twitter at jolbeanfriends as well. Pretty cool. So basically just Google Jolby and friends and you'll find all those things. Yes, that is, yes. That is correct. But when in doubt, we'll put all those links in the show notes. Guys, I appreciate you uh, taking the time for chatting today. Josh and Colby, thank you for being obsessed with design. All right, guys, that is episode number 25 in the books. For all of today's show notes, please hit up obsessedshow.com and please head over to iTunes to subscribe to Obsessed with Design. Just search for my name or Obsessed with Design and hit that subscribe button. We'd also love to have your feedback. A rating and review on the show really helps other people find the show. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon. We're a branding agency located on the 13th floor of beautiful Circle Tower in downtown Indianapolis. Hit us up on Instagram at Miles Herndon. Also, we're very excited about the next few interviews that we have coming live on the show. So if you have any thoughts about who should join that group, let us know who you think we should interview next. Tweet at Josh Miles or at Obsessed Show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.